Thank you, Jerry. Hallelujah. How's everybody doing today? All right. You guys seem like you're still waking up, huh? Amen. That rain doesn't help, huh? Hallelujah. I grew up in Seattle, so it feels like just like a day at home, huh? Back at home. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, my name is Dennis Rainier. I'm from Bozeman, Montana, though. That's where I live now. And so it's like 38 below here just a few days ago. We're about ready to have a 40-degree a swing by Thursday. It, uh, not 40 degree, 80 degree. 80 degree swing, they say it'll be 40-something degrees, so that's a lot of difference, huh? Amen? I'm so thankful to be in California right now. Amen? Uh, praise God. Well, uh, we have a few ministries that we do. Um, I'm only going to tell you about one of them right now, but um, one of the things that we've been doing for over 22 years is rescuing children at risk and young girls and boys out of sex trafficking. So, um, we, um, you know, before that was popular, um, we were doing that, and so we have kids as young as seven eight years old that we've rescued, and, and so if you're interested in that, you can connect with that at the table, too, and you can give to that if you'd like to do that, but I um, uh, just want to let you know that um, that's something that we find to be um, th- one of the most important things that we do, amen, even though we go and we uh, minister and people like me to come and do things that are more like in the prophetic and, and some of that, um, and as, you know, as much as that is awesome, sometimes it's hard to know always what God is doing, you know, in terms of a person's heart. Um, but when we actually see somebody be rescued, you know, in a tangible way too, you know, we get to show the love of God and then they become uh, future leaders um, to be able to see other lives changed. Amen. And I, what I've found is a lot of times when people have come out of a lot of stuff, um, a lot of times they become the most, um, uh, the most excited for the Lord. Amen. Um, you know, and things because they know what they've been rescued from and they just, they're all in. And so I'm excited about that. At the book table in the back, um, I have, um, I only have a couple books left. So if anybody's interested in one of these and they haven't, um, gotten one before this book, um, there's a lot of meat in here. And so, um, it, it, it will teach you, uh, you know, a, a lot about what it means to rest in God. Um, you know, like, you know, we were talking about prayer a little bit in the prayer room a little while ago. And what I've learned is I need to spend a whole lot more time listening than I do talking. Amen. And so, um, you know, this, this is, um, about how to connect for, with God for yourself. Amen. How many know it's a lot more valuable when you're actually hearing God for yourself than it is when you feel like you're wondering if somebody else has got it right. Amen. <laughs> and so, um, you know, and th- but this is about hearing from the Lord, resting in, in the finished work of Jesus and how God would use you through that to touch other people. Amen. And then I also have a USB that's out there. This is only for the, the those that are really wanting to go deep because this has over 67 hours of teaching on it. Um, and so it's on your identity in Christ. It's a supernatural school. It's on the prophetic, and it is on healing, how to minister in healing and how uh, to receive healing. Amen? And so the book is actually on this as well. And then last of all, the foundation of everything that we do is built on the presence of God, hosting the presence, um, you know, entertaining the presence of God, connecting with Him for yourself. Amen? And so this is also a USB, so if you guys don't know what a USB is, I think most people in California do, but I go sometimes some places where people have no idea what I'm talking about, amen? And they're like, what in the world? But this just plugs into your car or your computer or, and things, you know, like somebody just gave me a worship CD the other day, 
and and I was thinking, oh man, I, I, I'll listen to it in the car. And I get in the car, there's no, there is no CD uh, uh, player, amen. And some people aren't aware of that. And I guess if you have an older car, I guess, and yeah, you may not be up to date on that as well. But praise the Lord, um, you know, they're real simple. You put them in, they pop up. You can push whatever thing you want to listen to, amen. And so even a guy that's technologically deficient like myself can do that, amen. And so there's hope for you, amen. Praise God. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and jump into it. Amen. You guys are a tough crowd today. All right. All right. All right. No, no, I just tease. I just tease. All right. Well, they're not taking that, right? They're not letting me put that on them, right? This is like a spiritual group. They're like, no, I'm not receiving that. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. So, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to uh, be together in your presence, to gather, Lord God. Um, Lord, we've come to ask you to stir something in us the fan, the flame of what you have put in us, Lord. Lord, that you would open up our eyes so that we can see, Lord God, for ourselves. That you would open up our ears that we can hear for ourselves. That you would open up our heart, Lord God, that we would be a fruitful people for you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you all the praise, we give you all the glory, and we all said amen. Hallelujah. You know, this uh, this uh, last summer in July, I um, I was ministering in Hawaii, I, um, in on Oahu and on the Big Island, and uh, I was there. I ministered for I think I think did twenty three meetings in about thirty days, and my um, my wife came over and was with me for that whole time, um, and then uh, my daughters would fly in and out, you know, uh, you know, because they had jobs and things, so they would come for like a week or a part of the time, and and so we we had a time where we were all together. Um, and usually when we're all together, then I'll make myself like try to do some things that I normally wouldn't do. Like, so we went to the beach and I normally, if I'm ministering, it wears me out too much to be in the sun all day and then try to minister like all night. So I, so I, I don't make much effort, but my, all my daughters were there cause I have four daughters. And so we all went to the beach and we're hanging out. We're having a great time and everybody's just like, you know, laughing and carrying on and, 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 and so then one of my daughters had this great idea. Well, I, I would like you know, maybe we could go to a beach where they have cliffs that we could jump off of. You know, we we need a little more adventure, you know, than than what mom and dad, you know, just laying on the beach and sometimes putting our feet in. Amen. And so they, um, uh, so we go to uh, this this beach is about twenty twenty five minutes down the road, and and where they could jump off the cliff. So when we drive into the parking lot at this beach, my wife realizes um, that she doesn't have her cell phone. And so she's lost her cell phone. So it's a little bit irritating, really, you know, because we got to turn around and we got to figure out how to get back there. It's going to take an hour to get both ways. And and so, you know, but we're trying to have a good attitude, not seem frustrated about it because it's going to get into our time. So we decided we were going to leave the girls there. And so they're going to um, just start swimming without us because they're old enough to be able to do that. And so, uh, you know, so we drive back to the to the beach that we were at. And, you know, it took a little while to find a parking spot because it was crowded. We're over on the North Shore and and, and so um, we get out, we hike back to the beach, and when we get out there, I find a cough drop. And so that cough drop at least is an indicator that that's where we were, because I suck on these cough drops all the time after ministering. Uh, it helps my throat, because I get this itch in the throat after I, you know, it gets dry. And so I, I, knew, I knew that's where we were. So I start digging in the sand. I'm like got my hand like up like this, and I'm going like six inches under the sand, and probably six, six feet in one direction and six feet in the other direction, hoping that when I dig into the sand, at some point I'm going to come up with this cell phone in my hand, but to no avail, right? 
And so while I'm doing this, my wife prays this crazy prayer. And she prays, Lord, if you love me, find my cell phone, right? Have you ever done that before? Amen. Well, I mean, she, she later said, well, I don't know if it was the right attitude, but nevertheless, that's what I prayed, right? And, but she, you know, she has that kind of relationship with God where she felt like she could pray that to him. And, um, and so, um, you know, there's some people that were sitting not too far away from us. Um, and they're like, hey, we're, aren't you guys the people that were here with all the girls that were goofing around and laughing? I said, yeah, I think that was us. And, um, and they go, well, what's going on? And my wife says, well, I can't find my cell phone. So we're looking for it, right? So, they, so in the meantime, they have this 10-year-old son that is, um, he's diving out in the ocean. And you can see, like, you know, he's got goggles on and he's got these flippers. You see him, you know, dive down and his feet popping out of the water. And, 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 and so he's doing his thing out there. And all of a sudden, he comes up out of the water, and he's walking above the waves with his hand raised, and he's got my wife's cell phone. And it, it has a green case, and it's a black phone, right? So he comes up, and, he, and my wife is like ecstatic. She's like, oh my gosh, how did you find that? And she says, well, uh, he, says, he begins to tell us the story. He says, he says, well, when I dove to the bottom of the ocean, he said, I saw the word love written in cursive pink at the bottom of the ocean. So I reached out to grab that word love, and when I grabbed that word love, what I came up with was this phone. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, one of the reasons why I tell that story is just because, like, it's fun. Two, it's also, like, an indicator. You know, God's not just wanting to be a part of our lives just, like, where we're in a church or in a meeting. Amen? It's like an interaction that is supposed to be happening all the time. Amen? And I would suggest that even sometimes, even if our attitudes aren't right, God actually wants to communicate with us, you know, in every moment and every scenario. And that is more important to him than no communication at all. Amen? And, and you know, so, you know, I, we went back. We were staying at an Airbnb uh, there. And so... Um, uh, we went back there, and I think God's got a sense of humor because, um, you know, we, my wife plugs in her phone into the wall that's been under the, the ocean for approximately one hour, and it charges just fine. But then me, on the other hand, I, I have not had my phone under the ocean, and I go to plug it in, and mine gives me a message on my phone that says, there's water in the port, so you need to wait to charge your phone. Amen. <laughs> So, you know, that day I kind of wondered, does God love my wife more than me? You know, I wasn't really sure, but like, uh, you know, but God does have a sense of humor. And, you know, we had an opportunity to lead that family to the Lord on the beach. And, uh, you know, then we were over um, in, in, on the big island as well. And we were doing some window shopping because my, my youngest daughter was at the YWAM. And, and, and she was at a youth camp there. And so uh, we're just, we had a few days there in Kona where we're, before we had to go minister in Hilo and, and we go into one of the shops um, that's there, and the manager, you know, he seems like he's having a bad day. There's nobody there. And, and so we ask him what's going on. He said, yeah, you know, I'm just having a hard time right now. And, you know, we end up, we end up prophesying over this guy and have words of knowledge about his family and things. And we get to lead him to the Lord after we share this story about how God cares just about the cell phone. Amen? And that was a, a way that God, he, he opened up and wanted to know more about who this God is. Amen? So we got to lead him to the Lord right there in that store. Amen? Yeah, matter of fact, my, my, my daughter, though, she was at that YWAM camp, and I don't know why I'm telling you this, but anyway, you know, the, kid, the kids there were, um, you know, they were running to the altar, um, 
and throwing their razor blades out of the back of their phones. They were taking out their cases and taking the razor blades out and throwing it on the altar, you know. These are kids that are like, they're not just, they're not just your, you know, everyday kid that doesn't know necessarily about Jesus. This is like people that come from ministry families. You know, missionaries and pastors and, and uh, you know, it, it breaks your heart on one hand. There's something you know, that's not happening in our homes that needs to be happening in our homes in terms of how we're living for God and not just when we go somewhere. And yet, at the, on the other hand, there's also this awesome thing that God was ministering to these kids, too. So he's setting them free as well. And so they're having an encounter with the Lord. Amen? You know, and, and last night, part of my message, and maybe this is how it connects to that, but like um, part of my message was really that, you know, I believe that right now God is really looking for authenticity and a genuineness in terms of our faith. And, and, and I, I was, you know, there's scripture that we were talking about in regards to some of that yesterday. Uh, but that, that requires, a, it's, it's a daily, it's, it's not just, you know, something where we're going through the motion, but we have to figure out how to make this a part of our home. Some people, it's just that they, their kids only see it when they go to the meeting. And I'm talking about even ministers, you know, like it's, you know, that's what they see. They're not seeing, you know, an expression of who God is in, in, in the, the daily interactions. Amen. And that, that's important because what happens is a bunch of people don't really see that as, as God. They see it as religion. You know, that's, that's a religious exercise. Amen. And that's not, that is not who like we've been called to do. But there is this spirit of religion, if you will. Um, you know, um, I, I really think it's an antichrist spirit. And the, and the antichrist, um, you know, spirit is to try to get us to do the exact opposite thing um, that the, the spirit of Christ has called us to be and to do. Um, Christ called us to a place of rest. And you, you kind of notice, like, a lot of times when you get into religion, because people always want to put a bunch of stuff on you, that was not necessarily supposed to be on you so that you don't necessarily enjoy your relationship with God. And, and the Antichrist spirit tries to get you to get back into works. It tries to get you to rely on yourself. It tries to get you to, to do things out of your own ability, which is difficult because our culture has so much of that in it. But, like, but the spirit of Christ you know, came to give you rest so that you would rest in him. And when he, out of relationship, speaks to you, you don't have to do anything except for be obedient, and then he does the rest, amen? You don't have to rely on yourself. And, and so, you know, that's part of what we're dealing with. But, um, you know, I was, I was speaking a little bit last night. I'll just give a little bit of review. But in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, you know, it really talks about Christians that really aren't acting like, like believers that have been transformed. And and, it, and you guys have the Amplified up there, but I'm going to try to, um, for the sake of time, I'm going to try to bring it down a little bit easier here. But this is where you um, you see most people at the translation says if you, that they that they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power in. Amen. But like the Amplified, I like the way it reads a little bit better in some ways because it says it talks about piety, which I was joking around with Brother Mark earlier when they were talk, he was talking about how I was a a loser and I wasn't very much of a you know uh, 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 you know connected to God because I was out talking during prayer time. No, I'm just uh, anyway. I know not that I have any bitterness. No, I'm just uh, no. But uh, but it's, uh, we were just joking and, and things. And so I talked about yeah, you know the piety, but that that's uh, that's that place of looking and appearing, right? 
uh, of true religion rather than actually having true, you know, this true aspect of being able to be in him. And it says they deny and they reject and are strangers to the power of it. Their contact belies the genuineness of their profession. In a way, anyways, like the way that we are living has nothing to do with the w things that are coming off our mouth. It, it, it's talking about in these people. So I shouldn't say we. But, the, you know, the, this is something we're dealing with in our culture right now. Ministries and people that are in ministry right now, like um, the stuff that is going on, it, I mean, it, it's crazy stuff. And it's been going on for years, which means that, that there is stuff that is, 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 there's nothing that is genuine. These are not people that are being transformed from the inside, you know? Like, I think if you just got born again yesterday and your conduct hasn't totally changed, that, that makes sense. But, like, if you've been living for the Lord for 30 or 40 years and, and you're just, you're doing stuff that you know is, like, wrecking and destroying other people's lives, you know, some of the stuff that we're seeing now, like, uh, that, that I believe is such a, a tragedy, it's not just people that are ha falling to temptation. We're watching people that are, like, they're setting up atmospheres in order to like control people and manipulate them and take advantage of them even in the world that's bad right that's not just like oh yeah i didn't know you know i i just kind of i was living life today and all of a sudden like i felt tempted and i did this thing that i shouldn't have done because i felt tempted this is like plotting out ahead of time about how to abuse people that's a whole different thing right and i think that's kind of what the bible's saying that there's a there's a history here of certain people that are living in that kind of a place. And the Bible actually says here, it says at the end of that, right, look at look what it says. It says, avoid all such people and turn away from them. I mean, that's a hard scripture. Like, this is one I've avoided most of my life from preaching on because I don't really enjoy it. I'm trying to figure out how do you get people, like, you know, to connect, how to get people to belong and how to be family, you know. But the Bible is saying that there there is a place where you should have nothing to do with certain kinds of people. And it's not talking about non-Christians. It's talking about Christians. Amen? Like, I, I find that interesting because, like Jesus, Paul, they never say, don't have anything to do with the non-Christian. Like, if you're living, like, horrible in terms of, like, the, the Bible, it kind of expects you to. Like, if you don't know Jesus, I mean, you know, you don't know. I mean, when I didn't know Jesus, people tell me, well, you should live moral. I was like, why? Why would I live moral? Well, because it's a good thing to do. Well, I don't care. Well, that's what God wants. Well, I don't care. I don't believe in God. It's not until you actually have God, you know, and a relationship with God, and He becomes your nature, and He changes you, that that now changes who you are so that you would care about the things that He cares about, right? But, the, but this is talking about Christians, not non-Christians. And I was talking about this last night because I was like, um, you know, I feel like I kind of get, a, a, you know, a little bit of an understanding why. And, and that is that because people don't know who Jesus is anymore. And do you know we have whole generations of, of young people that have grown up in schools that they actually don't even know who Jesus is? Not in terms of like that it's just been so counterculture for so long now that they, they just, they've heard his name and some people just think it's a swear word or, or whatever, but they don't know who Jesus actually is anymore. You know, it used to be people didn't, they might know who he is, but they didn't know about him, amen? But now there's a whole, there's a whole different thing. There's, you know, I think there's about ready to be a rebellion 
that's going to actually come, that rebellion is actually going to be people turning toward Christ. It's going to be a rebellion toward culture. And we're going to see a whole bunch of young people like, like getting on fire for the Lord because they're curious about something they've told, they've been told to have nothing to do with. It's about ready to radically change your life. Matter of fact, my daughter's Amen. My daughters, they were with me over um, in, in Hawaii, and, and uh, two of them, um, you know, they barely ever heard me preach because, uh, you know, and, and, and things, and, and been in, in the meetings. There's just more interaction at home and stuff like that. And, you know, and they got touched by God in a different way because like, they'd seen God move in a different way than they had in other places and stuff like that. And I remember one of my daughters, she came home, and, and all of a sudden, like, she's, she's 19 years old. She's a sophomore in college. And all of her friends are like, you know, they're wanting to know about God. Like something happened in the, even in that counter, but they're all wanting to know about God. But most of them are coming to a place where they've lived and everything that everybody has told them has come up to a place that's empty. And they're not fulfilled in all of the different things that they're doing, you know, and, and they're trying to find some kind of a meaning in life again. And then, so they're, so they're all, they're, they're now all, you know, my, and she's, she's a gal that seems to, you know, all these kids are attracted to be around her. And so then they're all like, hey, will you take me to church? You know, they're, they're all going to church. And you know, one of her friends, one of the most wild kids that I know of, as a matter of fact, I even tell my daughter, I don't know if I like hanging out with her really. You know, she's not, but she's like, but you know, she'd always say, well, your, you know, your daughter's the one that kind of keeps me on track all the time. But now she's in there, you know, she doesn't even know God. And, and she goes to church for the first time and she's just uh, all in worship wise. She's got her hands up as high as she can. She doesn't even know Jesus yet, but she's already decided. I, I, whatever this is, I want it, right? Because I've never been around it before. Um, you know, and there's just something that God is going to do, right? In, 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 in all of that, that's awesome, amen? But, you know, there's, there's, there's a need for genuine. There's, there's a need for an authentic aspect to who we are in God so that people can see that, amen? Matter of fact, you know, um, I'm recapping a little bit still, but like in John 17, you know, that was, that was what I was speaking about last night too, because it says there, um, you know, that we are supposed to, uh, you know, have a unity in the body of Christ, really, that's manifesting that people would actually really know who we are. But right now, we don't really have that, because we have like, you know, we have some people that believe this, and some people believe this, and some people believe that, and all kinds of stuff that's even about identity, and we have the church like living immoral in one hand, and, and people thinking that that's God, and then you have people that are doing immoral things over here, and say, okay, well, we need to correct that, because that's not, you know, you know that, that's hurting people, and, and, and people are confused even about like, you know, who in the heck are we as Christians? Like, you know, are, you know, is it just a, a particular philosophy? I and mean, we've got lots of churches today that have all kinds of ideas about what it is they want to accomplish in terms of, the, terms of their mission that don't even have anything to do with God anymore. Amen? I mean, and, and there's like a lot of messages, too, where people think it's all about success, you know? And, and, and so then they, you know, they got messages that are like five steps to success. And then the next week they have another message. It's the seven, seven steps to success, which kind of means like the first five didn't really work, right? And, and, and so it's, it becomes a little confusing, but we just get on this treadmill, uh, 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 sort of speak, right? And, and here Jesus is praying that we would be one, right? Which is, which is what we were given in Christ Jesus, that we were born of the Spirit, that we were made one with Him. 
But there needs to be like a revelation that only comes from God so that we're behaving in a way that we are loving one another, right? That we actually care and have a respect that that's who God is inside of us so that the world would see that there is a similarity. There, there, not, not in terms of a conformity, but a transformation that causes people to be different so that other people would see that on them, amen? I mean, I mean, that's Isaiah 60. I talked about that when I was here one time, right? Isaiah 60 says that the glory of God would be on you, that the glory of God would be seen on you, that there would be something that would transform you on the inside that would begin to show on the outside so that people would see that, right? That's not religion. That's not religion. That's why people are like, oh, man, I don't want anything to do with religion because religions cause all of these problems because religion has its own agenda, right? But Jesus, see, like if you come to Jesus, there's no agenda there. There can't be an agenda there. If you have an agenda, there's something that is not right, right? Because when you come to Jesus, you have to die. That means you have to lay down every agenda that you have. Like when you come to Jesus, it isn't because you want Jesus to do something for you. You come to Jesus because you've come to the end of the road and you said, you know what? I no longer can live for myself and I so desperately need you, Jesus, even if it means that I'm done on this planet. That's what it means, really. Amen? And so the Bible says you got to die to self, amen? I mean, there's all these identity issues. I was talking about this yesterday. You know, you got sexual identity issues and all kinds of things that are going on even in church today. And the reality is this. Jesus is an equal opportunity employer, right? Jesus, Jesus isn't telling anybody to do something that's different than anybody else. No matter what your sin is, he doesn't really care. Whether you're an adulterer, whether you're a thief, whether you're struggling with homosexuality or same-sex attraction, whatever it might be, the answer's the same for all of us, right? We all have to die to self, and we all have to be raised to newness of life. That's what Josh was talking about this morning, right? that we actually have to be raised into the newness of life, that Christ has become our nature. There's something wrong when the church of Jesus Christ is somehow teaching people that you need to figure out who you are apart from Him. Because that was your new nature. Like what you do with your life, that's different, right? That God might call you to do something different. You might be called to be an artist. You might be called to be an entrepreneur. You might be called to be an athlete. Whatever it is that you might be called to be, that's what you do, but that's not who you are. And we have a hard time separating that today in our culture, amen? And, and, and this, is, this is a part of learning to be authentic because my authenticness comes out of being with him. That there has to be a heart connection with him where his heart actually becomes my heart, amen? And the spirit of religion doesn't want that. The spirit of religion wants you on a treadmill where you're doing things, but you're not connected. So even when you're doing the things, that somehow that it'll get perverted in a way that will cause you to do things for you, no matter how it affects other people, amen? Rather than laying down your life, Amen? And, um, you know, I was talking about that in regards to spiritual warfare because, like, right now, um, we have a bunch of people in church everywhere I go that are actually, like, they, they are mad at the world. 
they're mad at the world for the world being the way it is and evil and all of these other things rather than loving the world. I mean, even Jesus said, for, you know, God so loved the world, right? <laughs> and yet somehow we got Christians today that we're just, we're so busy being mad at the world, you know, rather than trying to figure out how to love them. And, 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 and you know, we're, we're in this place sometimes where we're like, we're looking at the world and we're mad and, and we're angry because of what it is that they're doing and the reality is, like, you know, I, I said this last night too, but like, you want to ask Christian people, have you ever read the Bible? The Bible already tells us that some bad things are going to happen. Evil is going to, it's going to manifest. It's going to try to get a hold of people and things. The issue is like, are we going to fight the battle that we're supposed to fight? The Bible says there in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it is against principalities, powers, and rulers. Amen? And the point really becomes this. Is if we don't fight the battles that we're supposed to fight in the Spirit, then we end up fighting those battles in the natural. And right now, we're fighting a lot of battles in the natural that we're not supposed to be fighting. And if we don't, if we don't figure out how to operate by the Spirit because we were born of the Spirit to operate of the Spirit, your authority is in Jesus, which is the Spirit. God is Spirit. And you have to learn to operate from that place so that you can begin to see things in the physical or the natural, you know, begin to manifest. Amen? And if we don't begin to, you know, because the church has kind of went into a mode for a lot of years now where we've just been concerned about the natural. And for all of our strategies, all of our blueprints and everything that we know as a whole, we have been less fruitful as a culture. We have a negative conversion rate for over 15 years. It's not me being judgmental. It's just a fact that we have to come to to say, okay, obviously I'm not enough. We're not enough just in our own ability. We have to have God show up. We have to have the Spirit of God moving on us and in us, right, in order to see the fruit that only He can produce actually happen. Amen? I mean, the Bible told us that, right? The Bible told us that, you know, if you don't figure out how to connect with God, you cannot be fruitful. You cannot do anything, right? If you're apart from me, you can do nothing. I mean, He was as plain as He could be with all of that to us in, in our own relationship with Him. Amen? But the Bible tells us like that, you know, these are, this is in the spiritual realm. This isn't in the natural. We're supposed to be fighting in this place. Amen? This is about who our identity is in Him. You know, um, you know, before when I've been here, I've been talking about, you know, connecting with God, you know, in terms of abiding in Him. Yesterday I was reading out of 1 John that talks about that God will abide in you. The anointing is permanently in you in verse uh, uh, 27 of chapter 2 there, right? And then it says that you have to continually abide in Him, to live in Him, which is all about figuring out what God's doing and doing it. It's all about figuring out what God is saying and actually speak it. Amen? That's supposed to be where we're living from. If we're doing ministry and we don't ever know what God's saying or what God is doing, then to be honest with you, we should probably just like wait until we do, right? Because that means that we're just, we're just saying stuff. I mean, uh, as, as I've gotten older, I'm just like people, you know, I just, I just um, don't spend a lot of time trying to tell people a lot of things unless they want to know. 
because I just feel like I'm wasting my energy and my breath, right? Because if somebody else is not really wanting something, like me just trying to tell people what it is that I think that they should do or say, that's not going to have any imprint, amen? Even if I think I'm doing it, it's got to be that there's a place of the heart that is open and ready and receptive, amen? And then it's, and then it's a joy to be able to impart into people's lives when they actually want something rather than you trying to force something on somebody, amen? But, you know, I found this to be a lot, you know, a lot of that, but, you know, I was talking about last night, you know, how do you hear from the Lord? And I'm not going to go through that all again and stuff like that, but I'm because I'm going to switch gears here to kind of give you some new stuff too, but like, um, you know, when you're thinking about, like, I was talking to Mary um, this morning at the house and stuff, and, and we were talking about hearing from the Lord. And, you know, sometimes it's crazy because we want it to be something that's understandable. I was just thinking about one of my friends. Randy Clark actually came uh, to minister at our conference, and I was talking about some of that last night, too. But this was a, a different occasion, and he was there. And one of my friends that I'd actually trained in terms of ministry um, and, and, you know, brought up underneath us a little bit, you know, Randy had let, um, asked a bunch of the people, they said, um, hey, if you've got a word of knowledge for anybody that's at the conference, come on up. So there's this line of people that are on one side of the other. And if you don't know what a word of knowledge is, it's simply God speaking to you something that is knowledge about somebody's past or knowledge about something that's going on in somebody's life, right? And so they're standing up there, and they've all got words for people. It could be healing. It could be a circumstance. It could be something that God's trying to deliver somebody from or, or whatever kind of thing. And so they're standing up there. And he gets to my friend. And, and, and he, says to, he, he says to him, well, what did God give you? And he says, green gummy bear. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. I mean, my head was down. I'm embarrassed now. You know, like, I don't want anybody to know I trained this guy at this point because I'm thinking this is going to be a bad reflection on me, right? And, and, you know, but God has ways of doing things. It's like it's way bigger than what your understanding is or what it is that you think that you know, Right? And so then Randy's just like, you know, he, he was calm about it. He didn't, you know, freak out or anything like that. Like, all of a sudden he's like, well, does green gummy bear mean anything to anybody? And all of a sudden this guy stands up in the audience and he's like, well, he says, I was at the convenience store today and there was a big green gummy bear over all of these, uh, these gummy bears that were for sale. And he says, I love gummy bears. And I always buy gummy bears everywhere I go and eat them. He said, but I have this tooth that has an abscess in it, and if I were to chew on gummy bears right now, I would be in such pain. So, so Randy just has us pray for this guy, and this guy gets healed. And so, and so God uses the green gummy bear to heal this guy's tooth, amen, right there in the middle of the meeting. Like, I mean, sometimes, you know, what we want to do is we want to figure it out. We want to figure out like what God is saying. I was talking about lightning yesterday and how God would use lightning to speak to me. And sometimes the way that God speaks to us doesn't always make sense. But what's supposed to happen is that we have so much relationship with God that, that we begin to know that it's Him even if it makes no sense to us. And then we trust even what we don't know. And then God does something with what we don't know. You know, and in church, we were talking about that to some degree. A lot of people are just afraid. They're just afraid that somehow they're going to fail. Let me just tell you right off the bat, you will fail. Sometime in your life, you will fail. You will get it wrong. It's an awesome opportunity for God to use that too. You know, like, um, um, you know, Mary kind of was asking me some of that, and I remember um, 
you guys prayed for this, by the way, right? You wanted a little bit of, like, more equipping aspect. I'm trying to, you know, t- tell you some ways that some of that kind of works sometimes. But, like, you know, you know, you know sometimes I'll, I, I've had people say, well, that wasn't God. Or that, I didn't feel like that was God or that didn't mean anything to me. And sometimes people come back later and go, oh, I was wrong. I forgot about this or I forgot about that. But if somebody, somebody thinks it's wrong, like, it's not my job to try to prove that I'm right. You know, I mean, if I, I mean, I'm, I'm a fallible. I'm just a man. I mean, God's the only one that's infallible and perfect, right? But I'm trying to do the best I can, and that's what you're supposed to be doing too. To, to figure out what God's saying and actually try to articulate the best that you can and, and the best of what you know. But that's what Hebrews chapter, you know, 5 is all about, verse 14. It's by, the Bible says it's by reason of use and by practice. The problem is we don't like to practice. And the longer that we actually are in the Lord, the harder it gets. Because the more that we feel like we're a leader or we're supposed to have it right, the less likely it is. I've, I've trained, uh, you know, I, not trained necessarily, but I've had people that actually came, because when I train them, I don't train people to do that. But I've had people come and do ministry with me, and, and then they're like, I'm not wrong, even if somebody tells them they're wrong. It's like, and they're, gonna, they're, they're willing to have a fight over it. Well, I'm never wrong. When God tells me something, I know that I'm right. Well, even if you know that you're right, you can practice a little bit of humility and be like, <laughs> say, well, you know, maybe I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, and it, or, or if it doesn't make sense, put it on the shelf for a little while and just, you know, wait until it does make sense. I mean, because I've had those kind of moments too. I had a guy one time, I prophesied something over him about what it was that he was going to do with his life. I didn't remember any of it. Three years later, this guy sends me an email out of nowhere and he goes, when you prophesied over me, he said, I thought you were crazy. I thought you were nuts. You were out to lunch. I just thought you were some crazy guy. He said, nothing you said made any sense to me. And then he, and then he writes, and now I'm doing every single thing that you said I would be doing. Because sometimes God speaks things that doesn't, doesn't make any sense. You know, when I speak over people, it, is, you know, it doesn't make any sense to me sometimes. It doesn't connect with me. It connects with the person sometimes. But it doesn't make any sense to me. You have to be willing to say things like green gummy bear. Because it's insane, the green gummy bear, that God shows up and God does something, even though it sounds silly, even though sometimes it may not seem like it, has, it makes any sense to you, that you could not figure out how that connects with anything that God could actually do through that. Because it's just about the relationship and learning to trust the relationship. And like, I actually feel like it can be a good example to get it wrong sometimes. Because I feel like that people can learn from that. And I feel like that not only do they learn from it, but it also gives people permission to feel like, you know what, maybe God could use me. Because I think that a lot of times when we're sitting in an audience and we're listening to somebody speak, you know, from the front, it's really easy to get into a place where you could think, well, the guy up front always seems like he gets it right, or he's performing, or, you know, he just, you know, and so there's a, there's a image of perfection sometimes. And then as people that are, like, trying to figure out, like, huh, I wonder if God could use me if they haven't been used by God before, oh, well, I, I don't think I would get it right all the time, or I don't think I would be as good or as perfect because it's all based on an image that's up front. And the reality is, like getting it wrong sometimes can actually help people to go, 
oh, if he can get it wrong, then maybe it's possible that God could use me. Like, because everybody doesn't have to be the same, right? Everybody doesn't have to be up front. Everybody doesn't have to be, you know, like most, most people, um, God's going to use you in a conversation. God's going to use you just in a connection. It, you know, not everybody's called to be in a public place for speaking. But that doesn't make the words less, right? Because God will minister through people in just whatever context of life that you're living, Right? That's why we're all called to be ministers, not just some of us, but we're all called to be ministers, amen? You know, God puts you in situations sometimes where you don't know how God will use you, right? You don't know what he's going to do. I remember, um, I'll just tell you another story, but I was in Managua, Nicaragua, and I was doing uh, meetings there, and and we had some people, we had a bunch of people get healed one night. We had um, at this meeting, and, and it, there was several blind people and deaf people that got healed, and we had a crippled guy get healed. And so um, there was a guy after the meeting, he's like, he came up to me, and he wanted me to go and, and go to the hospital with him and pray for his sister-in-law. And I did not want to go, honestly. I had no, and I had another thing, obligation I had to do the next day. We were doing like a business, uh, you know, a training for Christian business people and entrepreneurs and stuff. And we had a whole team of us there. And so I already had an obligation. But this guy was so desperate that I, I had a hard time turning him down. So I finally gave in, right? And so I go to the hospital with him and I'm there and... You know, when he they escort me into this room where there's a whole bunch of people in there, and there's curtains up, and they're torn up, and all kinds of stuff. And so, um, you know, but he he takes me over this this woman's bed who is on uh, on the bed. And she looks like she's in pain, right? She's doubled over, you know, and she looks like she's in a lot of pain. Well, I find out she has cancer, and so you know, um, I feel bad for her. Um, you know, I felt compassion for her, but I didn't really feel like the Lord was saying anything necessarily. But I'm going to pray with her, and I, and I was going to find out if she wanted to give her life to Jesus because I found out she didn't know Jesus. So I prayed with her, and she accepted Jesus. And so I'm thinking, man, well, at least if she dies, she's going to go to heaven now. I wasn't even thinking about that God could do something else in that moment necessarily, right? And so I, I'm actually thinking about I need to get to my meeting. And so I get, I get ready to turn, and I'm walking away. And I felt like the Holy Spirit convicted me in my heart. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying to me, that's not why I asked you to come here. I want you to pray for this woman to be healed. So I go back and I talk to her. I said, I, you know, I feel like I'm supposed to pray for you to be healed. So I'm sorry. I feel like, you know, if you, if you would let me do that, I'd be, I want to pray for you. So I start praying for this woman. And it's uncomfortable because I'm in a hospital that I don't speak the language. There's, everybody's listening and so it feels like, you know, a lot of pressure to some degree. But I'm just staying focused here. And I go to pray for this woman, and I'm praying for her. And as I pray for her, her whole countenance begins to change. We're commanding cancer to come out of her body. And she gets up, and she gets up out of the bed, and she's sitting on the side of the bed, and her feet are dangling finally. And so, you know, I ask her, do you think you can get up out of the bed? I found out she had not been able to be out of bed for some time. So she gets up, and she walks to the the, the middle of where the beds are kind of meeting, and she lifts up her hands, and she just starts twirling around, screaming at the top of her lungs and celebrating and stuff like because she wasn't feeling any more pain, right? So the doctors and the nurses, they come into the room. And, um, and, and, and so, you know, I, they're trying to figure out what all the commotion's about, and I'm trying to figure out how to get out of there. No, I really am. I mean, I'm not even enjoying it, right? I mean, you pray for, like, God to use you. Anybody ever prayed for God to use you, you know? Well, like, you know, and then, and then God uses you, and you're like, not now, God. 
I got other things I want to do. Amen. What I've found a lot of times is that God comes at very inconvenient times. Amen. Because I have an agenda and God has an agenda. And sometimes my agenda, as good as my agenda might be, and even when I think my agenda is godly, sometimes it's actually not God. And God's not worried about what I think it is in the way that I think that I'm going to serve him. He has a different way that he wants me to serve him in that moment. Amen. And so these doctors and nurses are in there. And, and so I'm trying to get out of there. I'm just like, oh, I'm glad that God's touching you. You know, God's healing you. But I got other places to go. Congratulations, you know. And so that's my mindset, right? And so I'm, I'm trying to get out of there. And on my way out, this other lady grabs me by my arm. She's sitting on the bed. And she's got oxygen uh, tubes that are running around her, her face and things. And, um, and, and so I just go to extend my hand. I didn't even touch her. And she pulls the tubes out of her nose. Like, there was already faith in the room. Like, it, it didn't, it, I didn't need to be there. I'm just an instrument at that point where they saw God do something through at that point or, you know, however. And so, you know, the nurses come over to this lady, and they tell her that she can go home. And I'm really, I'm, I'm, like, the, I'm like the most unbelieving one in the room, really. I'm kind of like, what in the world, man? Like, we test people at home, right? Like, we, we don't just send them home. And so they send this lady home, and, 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 and then I'm, I'm still trying to leave, you know, and, and I can't get out of there. And one other lady stops me before I'm about to get out the door, and she says, will you pray for me? And I find out she's got a tumor where her neck and her shoulder meet, and as I lay hands on it, this tumor begins to dissolve. And God heals like three women in the middle, you know, in the midst of about 20 minutes or so. And and so now the nurses, they come over to me and they ask me, they say, um, can we escort you around the whole hospital and have you pray for all the sick people? So I don't know if you know this, but hospitals are full of sick people. And so, you know, I don't even, that day, a lot of that day was a blur. I remember a lot of people got touched by God and healed. We even got to lead some people to Jesus and stuff because I have, I say we because I had a translator with me the whole time. And so, you know, you know, I never did make it to my meeting that day. And it was one of the best days in terms of like what God did, even though I felt like I was supposed to be somewhere else doing something else. That God had a different plan. He had a different agenda, amen? As a matter of fact, I remember <clears throat> at the end of that time of the hospital that God actually brought me, uh, or the people brought me back in uh, to this room where there was a baby that was like a preemie, and, and, and the baby was like less, you know, like a week old or, or so, and I went in there, and I remember praying for this baby, and it was a hard thing, uh, a hard imprint to have on my mind because this baby was sick, and it's, you know, it's helpless, and, you, you know, it's hard not to feel a lot of compassion, you know, for a baby like that, right? <clears throat> and it breaks your heart. And so they asked me to pray for this baby, and I can't remember what was wrong with the baby, but the baby was supposed to die. That was the outcome, right? So they had me pray for this baby, and then they rushed me out of there, and I don't know where I ended up, but I, I remember, like, you know, that picture of that baby just kind of, like, it's in the back of your mind. Well, I wonder what happened to that baby. You never know what happened to that baby. So I come back like a year later, and we're doing these entrepreneurial meetings again, you know, like with these, with these business Christian guys and stuff. And so, um, you know, this lady, I walk into the, this, uh, this hotel um, conference, uh, you know, conference room that we were doing the meeting in, and this lady like comes to my feet, and she's laying full on out with her feet buried in, her face buried in my feet, and she's crying. She's wailing. Now, I don't have an interpreter with me. I am, I'm, I'm like... Um, it's uncomfortable, amen? 
you know, because I don't know what in the world is going on. And I don't speak very good Spanish, amen. You know, I'm kind of like, hola, that wasn't very helpful in the communication or anything, you know, right? And it wasn't, so, and I can say vamos a la playa, things like that, you know. (laughs) None of that seemed to work in the context, right? And so, but she's crying. And finally, I have an interpreter come over, and the interpreter says that this woman is trying to thank you because the last time that you were here, you prayed for her baby at the hospital. Her baby was supposed to die, and her baby lived, and she's just saying how thankful she is. You know, and, and my, amen. And, and, the point, and the point really isn't necessarily like even that God healed the baby, even though that's awesome that God healed the baby. But, I mean, how many times does God actually do things through people that they actually don't know? You know, like, you know, there, there are times that you prayed for people, but you give up praying for people because you don't necessarily always see the results. Or, or you think that nothing happens, so you don't really, you know, so then you, you don't think God can use you anymore. And the reality is God's, I, I think there's a lot of times that God uses people. I've been back to so many places where I had no idea that God had healed somebody, and they told me that they got healed. Amen? But it has nothing to do with what God is doing in you. Because oftentimes, you know, we get, we get to see sometimes a miracle here or there, which is really the, the, the lesser of what happens. But then God continues to work and do things in and through people, and we miss it and we don't see it. Amen? And the reality is sometimes the disappointments and the things that we feel like don't happen, you know, they tend to be the thing that, you know, <laughs> overtakes our minds. But I knew a guy, like, he had to pray for 100 people that had deaf ears, and he said over and over again, he said, I didn't, I prayed for, I prayed for like, you know, 10 people, none of them got healed. I prayed for 20 people, none of them got healed. I prayed for 30 people, none of them got healed. Finally, he's like, you're going on all the way to 100 people. And he finally got to see one person get healed of deaf ears. Because some of it is about us learning, you know, because we get excited and hyped up and be like, oh, I'm praying for that deaf ear or whatever and stuff. And then, and then we fail. Because maybe God wasn't actually like the one that was saying, I'm healing the deaf ear. It was just you were excited to want to do it, and you're excited to want. But it's like learning, how, how do I get myself in a place of hearing, right? Last night I was talking about a little bit like, you know, when I pray for people for healing, if I don't hear from the Lord, then I pray out of compassion, and I try to tell people. Cause I, and God heals people sometimes out of compassion. But sometimes he 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 we actually have to hear what the Lord is saying. And I believe, like, I, my confidence level, like, goes way up. Why? Because, like, I believe that authority is connected to revelation. And I believe that you can have a lot of stuff in you that God has already put in you, like everything of God, and you can still, like, not know how to use that or know what it is that you have because you actually have to have God reveal that to you. And it only comes out of being in a relationship. And a lot of people, you know, like we, we quote scriptures like, you know, all things are possible with God. But I would say, on the other hand, God made it impossible for you to do some things being disconnected from him and his voice. Amen? And, 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 and a lot of times, you know, in the church what we want to do is we just want to do things by positive confession. And I, 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 I'm, I never tell people like, 
you should be negative. I mean, nobody's saying you, nobody wants to be around you if you're negative all the time, right? But there is a difference between positive confession, you know, because you're believing for something to happen and, and trying to speak that versus God himself actually showing you something and speaking something and you speaking what he's speaking. And see, this is how the Son of God operated. This is how Jesus operated, right? And this was the model. This is what it meant to abide and to live out of that place of abiding. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. You guys okay? Yeah. All right, all right. I'm going to try to, I'll try to bring it to a, a landing strip. Five minutes? I'll never do it. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Ba, 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 ba. Um, oh, you guys can't understand me. Um, uh, I'll try to bring it. Here it is. Uh, verse 1. It says, Beloved, do not put your faith in every spirit, but prove, test the spirits to discover whether they proceed from God. For many false prophets have gone forth into the world. This is talking about having a spirit of discernment. Right? How do you discern what's God and what's not God? I was talking about that last night, that the spiritual man judges all things. But, you know, we have this in regards to even the prophetic today. Just because you hear from the Lord doesn't make you a prophet. Right? You're supposed to be somebody that's supposed to also be equipping people to actually see them actually learning how to hear from the Lord for themselves. Amen? But, so sometimes we have false prophets because they're just about themselves. They're just about their own thing, you know, because there are people today, they're just running around saying, well, you know, I had that word on this day. Well, who cares? I mean, why do you have to tell everybody? Why do you let somebody else say it about you? If God performed the word, why is it important for you to go around and make sure everybody knows who you are? Okay? Verse 2, it says this, By this you may know or perceive and recognize the Spirit of God, every spirit which acknowledges and confesses the fact that Jesus Christ has actually become man and has come in the flesh. It says, is of God and has God for a source. So this particular passage of Scripture is saying something. It's saying that you have to believe, if God is your source, that Jesus Christ came in the past. That he came as a historical figure, that he actually walked on the earth as God. He was born of God and then he died, he paid for your sins, and he ascended to be at the right of the Father. But it doesn't just say that. You actually also have to believe that God came in the flesh currently. This book was written a hundred years before Jesus Christ, or after Jesus Christ had already ascended to be in the Father. The same problem with the church today is the same problem that was in John's day. That there were people that did not believe or did not want you to believe that there was a God that was residing inside of you that was connected, that was manifesting the kingdom of God on earth. Amen? That, you know, the religious spirit is happy if you think that there's a God out there and he can just do whatever he wants to do, but it's totally apart from you. But God's will is actually to bring the kingdom through his people. Amen? Amen. Hopefully you got that. All right, verse 3, it says this, And every spirit which does not acknowledge and confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He's no longer talking about the historical Jesus. He's talking about the Jesus that's inside of you, right? It says, if you don't believe this, it says, You annul, destroy, or sever, or disunite yourself from him. Amen? And it says, this non-confession, this is the hardest part of the scripture. It says, this non-confession of the spirit it says, is of the Antichrist which you heard was coming and is now already in the world. So what do we do with that? We got all these churches that actually do not believe that God has 
come in the flesh. You cannot have unity with the Antichrist. The Spirit of Christ has no unity with the Spirit of Christ. Amen? They have different agendas, and they're about different things. Amen? And the spirit of religion, if you will, has done everything it can to shut people down in the church to doubt themselves and not to believe by trying to get it to be about theological debates rather than it being about intimacy with Jesus. Amen? Amen. And here it says in verse 4, it says, Little children, you are of God. This is not a little statement. This is a statement about your substance, the substance of the Spirit of God that is in you. It's not just a statement about belonging. It says you belong to Him and already have overcome the agents of the Antichrist. Like, where'd you do that? In the Spirit, not in the natural, but in the Spirit. Amen? So you have to go into the Spirit so you can get revelation of what it is that you overcome. And then this is the scripture that most people know and usually where they isolate. But it says, because he who lives in you is greater than he that lives in the world. Like, that's a big deal. With all of the fear that Christians are propagating today and looking at today, the point is not about how big the devil is or how big any other obstacle is that is of the Antichrist. It's how big is your God? And how big is he inside of you? And the Bible says, regardless of what's going on, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Everybody's trying to get you to look outward at how bad everything is, rather than to look inward at the God that lives in you, that has the kingdom of God living in you, that you're supposed to be releasing where you go. Amen? It takes relationship with God, rather than just getting caught up in what it is that everybody else is saying. Amen? Amen. Let, go with me to Colossians chapter 2, and this is the end right here. Verse 9. says, For in Him the whole fullness of deity, the Godhead, continues to dwell in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature. Amen? Like the, this says, for in Him. Who's that? Jesus. For in Him the whole fullness of deity talking about the divine, the supernatural of God, the Godhead continues to dwell in bodily form. Jesus is not still in bodily form. It's talking about the body. He's talking about you and I. I heard people praying about the body this morning in bodily form, giving complete expression of the divine nature, right? Like, go to verse 10. No, that's not it. The, Colossians chapter 2, verse 10. All right, I'll read it here. It says, and you are in him. Your protection is in him. Your provision is in him. Everything you need is in him, right? And you've been made full, coming to fullness of life. In Christ, you too are filled with the Godhead. See, like some people, they believe the Father's way bigger than Jesus. You know, if you believe that, then the Bible says you've got all of the Father in you too. I don't believe that. I believe they're all the same, right? But the Bible's saying <clears throat> you don't just have Jesus in your heart. The Bible says you have the fullness of the Father, not part of the Father, 
all of the Father inside of you. It says you have all of Jesus inside of you. It says you have all of the Holy Spirit inside of you. Do you know what that means? That means that when you come to a fight, it's not even fair. Because you are not coming in just yourself, amen? But you can have things in you that you don't know, but it requires you to have a relationship so that you can figure out how to operate in what it is that you have been given, amen? Man, isn't it terrible just to get beat up because the enemy is so busy convincing you that, that you have nothing? That you have nothing in you? That instead of keeping your eyes on the Lord? You know, perspective is everything. Like if you don't keep your eyes on Jesus, amen, I tell you what, you can go through almost anything if you keep your eyes on Him. But if you get your eyes on the stuff, which we all have a tendency to try to do at times, then that's where the defeat comes, that, right? And, and it's in moments of weakness that the enemy attacks, right? And here, 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 here it is. It says, um, you too are filled with the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature. Like that means you have the full authority. What the Bible says is everything of God is in Jesus. And then all of that that was in Jesus was now put inside of you. And then to bring it full circle right here to what I was talking about in terms of trying to connect it to last night's word and where I started off in the beginning. But it was this. It was like, and he is the head of all rule, authority over every principality and power. The Bible says that that was all in Jesus and all of that was put in you now. And now you have an ability by the Spirit of God to take authority over the principalities and the powers in the spirit so that you can begin to see things change in the natural. Amen. How many, how many things in our nation, how many things in our communities are actually manifesting because believers no longer believe in going in the spirit and figuring out how to deal with things from a relational component with the Spirit of God rather than just trying to do everything by the natural. That doesn't mean you have to go around and be weird, you know, publicly. It means that you have to get in some place privately so that when you are in the public place and ministering to people, that God's already went before you. He's already dealt with the devils and people's lives and the demons, and He's already dealt with those things so that when you're talking to them, there's an openness to what it is that Jesus wants to do in their circumstances, in your community, in people's lives. Amen? So, Lord, we give you praise and we give you glory. Lord, I probably went at least seven minutes. Forgive me, Lord. But, Lord, we give you praise and we give you glory. There is none like you. Lord, I pray that you would encourage your people, Lord God. That you would stir up, Lord God, another, another connection with you. Fan the flame. Stir up the Spirit of God inside of us, Lord God. Lord, even though we've had failures, and even though, Lord God, we've had times, Lord Jesus, where we didn't see breakthrough, and we didn't see things happen the way we want to happen, Lord God, you're still God. You're still on the throne. You're still teaching us. Lord God, you're still trying to connect with us, Lord God. And Lord God, you're turning all things together for your good. Only you can do that.
with every head bowed and every eye closed, you may be here this morning and say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I'm right with Jesus. I don't know if I know this Jesus. I've never heard a message like this before. But you'd say, you know what? I want to know this Jesus. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means not one of us is perfect. That means not one of us actually is able to make God like us because of our actions and what we can do for Him. It means that we can only accept what His Son did. And that's how God is impressed because He's impressed with what His Son did. We can surrender and we can yield. But Jesus said this about Himself. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. In other words, Jesus said there's no way or no other way to God the Father except through Him. It doesn't matter what culture says. It doesn't matter. If Jesus was a good person, then you have to believe this. But Jesus was more than a good person. Right? Jesus was God. See, either Jesus was a liar or He actually was who He said that He was. Right? Jesus wants to connect with you in a real way, not in a religious way, not in a way that is about performance, but he wants to connect heart to heart. Amen? If you're here this morning, you say, you know what, I'm not sure if I'm right with Jesus, and I want to make sure that I leave this morning right with Jesus, or at least beginning to connect with him, then I'm going to ask if you'd slip up your hand toward heaven and say, yes, that's me. I want to know this Jesus. I want to make sure that I'm right with him. Just slip your hand in the air so I can see it, and I will pray for you. Amen? Thank you, sir, in the back. Anybody else this morning? You want to make sure that you're right with Jesus. I'm just taking a moment because I don't want to rush that kind of a moment for somebody to come to Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Sir, in the back, I know you raised your hand. I just want to pray with you. In the back, can I pray with you? Thank you, Jesus. I saw you slipped up your hand. I think you're just recommitting your life to Jesus because of that. I think you know who Jesus is, don't you? Amen. Amen. Would you guys stand to your feet and just extend your hands toward this brother right here in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you, Lord God. Lord, there's a stirring, Lord God, that makes him want to go to another level, Lord God, even when we preach. Lord, that he knows you. But, Lord, I just pray that there would be a new level of confidence in his relationship with you in the mighty name of Jesus. I just feel like the Lord would say to you, brother, uh, that there is, a, um, there is somebody in you that fixes things. And I feel like that you see needs and you see problems and you try to reconnect and you try to fix relationships and you try to fix where there's a void. And I feel like the Lord loves that about you. I feel like that you've stood in the gap and you have been you have been a hero to others. And the Lord says because of you that lives are coming back together, that lives are being healed. It's like there's a um, that minister of reconciliation is coming through you. And even though sometimes you look around, you see other people that sometimes it looks like they're being more spiritual. The Lord says you're being prompted and you're being led in ways that's beyond what it is that you know. 
And the Lord says that even though that you did not necessarily have a father, there was one that spoke into your life and affirmed what it is that you were meant to be. The Lord says there is a father's heart inside of you, and you will be a father to many. I just see like an expansion. I just see people all over coming into your life and you being a father to them. Children, young people, in the name of Jesus, mighty God, mighty God, we give you praise, we give you glory. You will never return to the things of old, says the Lord. Mighty God, the things I delivered you from will never be the things that you will return from. In the name of Jesus. And get ready, because God's about ready to do some things with family and extended family. There's been people that set up sides. And setting up those sides, some have stood on one side and some have stood on the other side. And and they have said, we're not that and we're not this. But the Lord says, the Lord says that I will bring those people together. The Lord says, you wait. Don't try to make it happen. But you wait and you watch what it is that I will do. And I will bring family back together in Jesus' name. Mighty God, mighty God. Lord, we give you praise. We give you glory. There's none like you, Lord. There's none like you, Lord. We give you praise. Just lift his ha- lift your hands all over this place in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I just feel like that there is going to be a a mighty harvest that is going to follow you. And the Lord says he has done something in you that took you out of that place of just going through the motions to absolutely on fire from him, for him. And I just feel like that there's like a magnet, there's a piper kind of anointing that is in you where people want to follow. There's a creativity that is in you. There is like no religious thing that is in you, says the Lord. And I just feel like, get ready, because the Lord says that leader of leader kind of things that is on you, says the Lord, is going to begin to open up the hearts. I see you leading your own stuff. I see like um, getting people together and sharing God, even like like just some guys sitting in a room doing that. Like it's almost like a Bible study. But I feel like God says it's going to explode. As a matter of fact, the ministry that has gone before you is nothing compared to the ministry that's going to be done in you. Get ready because it's coming in a short time, says the Lord. That what looks like is far off, says the Lord. It's not just for people that are running ahead and are in that place. The Lord says, I'm about ready to do it. And even some will be jealous because they will wonder why it is that it was done so quickly inside of you. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. You're going, to be, you're going to be seeing people healed. You're going, to see, you're going to begin to speak words. There's going to be an openness in terms of being able to hear the voice of God. And it's just going to come out of you without even trying, says the Lord. Mighty God. There's going to be another freedom, another level of liberty in the name of Jesus. What was started in the generation before you is about ready to multiply through you in the name of Jesus. Whoa. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. Lord, in the first... I just feel... Are you guys together? No. Okay. Sometimes I... Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Lord, I thank you for this couple here right, right now. I feel like the Lord says that I am doing a new thing in and through you. 
And the Lord says that what was done in the past, the Lord says, the Lord says, I brought you together to overcome that together. And the Lord says that there's been a fresh start and there's been fresh healing. There's like a healing balm that has come over you, the Lord says, and has begun to bring a new alignment in your life. And the Lord says that there is an ability to start things in you. And I feel like that there is not only an ability to start things in you, but the Lord says that there is like ministry that is on you. And the Lord says there's like a a partnership that has been brought together where one is almost going to be the one that fans the flame that allows the other to run. But it will not be the one that does it, but it will be together in the name of Jesus. Get ready because there's about ready to be another level of financial provision that is going to be released. There's been a foundation. There's been a preparation. But you're about ready to come into it, the Lord says, in a way that's going to allow you to be able to do the things that you want to do in the name of Jesus. Matter of fact, I see strategic missions things on your plate, though. I feel like the Lord's going to take you to nations. There's a particular nation that the Lord is going to take you into. And the Lord says that one will be a voice and one will practically begin to cause the building to erect in the name of Jesus. You see, like God bringing things around full circle right now in this season. The Lord says, the, the Lord says I will take um, the broken influences of the past and I will repair them and I will give you influence again in the name of Jesus. Mighty God, mighty God, just touch this mighty man and woman of God in the name of Jesus. Lord, I just pray, Lord God, for sleep, Lord God, for her too. Sleep at night. Lord God, any, any past memories or even dreams, Lord God, that would uh, torment in the name of Jesus, I break them right now in Jesus' name. Peace, peace to you in the name of Jesus. Mighty God, mighty God, for my, for my friend Gary and his wife here in the name of Jesus, right? You guys are together, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I just feel like the Lord says that there is, um, there is bigger things that God is going to do in and through you. And I feel like the Lord says that you've operated at levels that are bigger than other people would ever understand or know. And the Lord says all of those things were foundational. The Lord says, the Lord says even though um, you, you, could, you could tout that as something that would be on a resume um, that would impress, the Lord says all of that was preparation. The best ideas yet, God is about ready to release through you in this next new season. Mm. And the Lord says that not only with that, but the Lord says there is a father and a, and a mother heart that is inside of you. And the Lord says that there's going to be another generation that is going to come out of your loins in this season, says the Lord. You have opened up your home. You've opened up your life. And I just feel like that you're going to begin, you're going to begin to mentor. I just, uh, for lack of a better word, I feel like another generation that's going to begin to allow there to be provision and ministry that's going to give them a freedom like never before. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. And I just, I just feel like there's some, I feel like there's something in terms of like a child. You know, they're not a child anymore, but they're an adult. And I just feel like that you've been praying for one of them in particular that feels like they're kind of off on their own. They don't want anything to necessarily do with following the things of God. And God says he's heard that prayer. 
And God says that I am going to begin to change the heart. Get ready because uh, get ready because there's about ready to be like not only phone calls but conversations that would not just be about like, hey, how you doing anymore? It's going to be about wanting to know about God. It's going to be wanting to know about the things that you've wanted to share before, but there hasn't been an open door. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, take that burden off of this mighty woman of God right here in the name of Jesus. The Lord says it's not failure, even though you felt like that somehow there's something that you should be able to do about it. He's heard your prayers. Mighty God, we give you praise and we give you glory. There's none like you, Jesus. There's none like you, Jesus. Get ready. There's going to be a multiplication of everything in this next season. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God. Lord God Almighty, Lord, for my brother right here, Lord God, Mark, in the name of Jesus. The Lord says it's been like all hell has broken out against you. Mm. But the Lord says that the delay and the Lord, the obstacles and the opposition, that they are coming to an end. Mighty name of Jesus. I feel like the enemy has tried to torment you even mentally during this season. And it's like you stepped into something, and when you stepped into it, it was like all of hell broke out against it in the name of Jesus. Mighty God. Mighty God. I, and I just, I just feel like that, that you're, you're carrying the load. I feel like you're carrying the load, and I feel like the, there's a burden that has been on you. And I feel like there's even, uh, um, I, don't, I don't know what the status is in terms of your, your relationship and, and your wife and, and everything, but I feel like there's something that's going on with her. There's an attack on her and her body and her health. And so right now, Lord God, I just, I just declare her healed, Lord God. I, I pray right now, Lord God, that you would touch her by your stripes, Lord God. Heal her. By your stripes, she is made whole. And I feel like that this has been a dominating thing that's been in your life and home that's been, it's been taking up all of the energy and all of the time. And there's been like a holy frustration because you care. You want to see the breakthrough, but there's other things that God has called you to, and the enemy has been trying to slow you down. So mighty God, we just breathe. We just breathe hope, Lord God. We just, we just speak uh, encouragement, Lord God. We just speak, Lord God, to this mighty man of God and to his wife and to his home to rise up in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord God. Go before them, Lord God. There's, there's assignments that you are meant to go on, places that you're supposed to go, but you haven't been able to go. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord God Almighty, Lord God, we just, we command the door to open in Jesus' name. Mighty God, mighty God, worthy is your name. Worthy is your name. I'll just speak over a, a one or two more people, and then I'll open it up, and I'll just minister. That way, if people do have to go, they can go. Are, are you guys okay? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Worthy is your name. Lift your hands one more time for me. Would you do that? Just, just pray to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name. Worthy is your name, oh God. I love you, Lord. But I just pray for this woman. I know she's got this walker. It's not even a word of knowledge, Lord Jesus, but I pray for her body. I pray for her blood. In the name of Jesus, every cell right now, Lord God, I command it to be made whole. Strength come back in her body, in her legs, in her neurological system, in the mighty name of Jesus. 
By your stripes, she is healed. By your stripes, she is made whole. Break off the discouragement, Lord God. Break off the depression in the name of Jesus. The Lord says that that depression is not your own. The Lord says it was in a weak moment that the enemy tried to attack. Lord, I pray for all the side effects that came from treatment in the name of Jesus, Lord God, to be broken. Mighty God, any pain that's even in these legs right now, Lord God, come out in Jesus' name. Be made whole. Mighty God, you've done it before. Do it again. Show your love to this mighty woman of God. Show your love to her. The Lord says that you are mighty. You are a mighty woman of God. You have been faithful. You've chased after him in the mighty name of Jesus. You have loved people well. In the name of Jesus, Lord God Almighty, pain, come out. Torment and affliction, come out in the name of Jesus. Mighty God, mighty God, touch her afresh in the name of Jesus. Touch her afresh. There's a heat coming through my hand right now in the name of Jesus. <sighs> mighty God, even that stiffness in neck, go in the name of Jesus. Father God, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, for this young man right here, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> The Lord, sa- the Lord says that you are a funny guy. Like you have a humor. I feel like you like to joke around a lot. And people are drawn by that. But on the inside, there is a serious component to who you are. And I feel like the, the Lord says that I am going to do more through you. You see value in other people oftentimes even though you sometimes don't see the value that you have to offer. But the Lord says you are an encourager. You're in a Barnabas. You're in a power. And you're there for people. And there is a loyalty that is in you. You stand with people and you go through things with them out of compassion. And I just feel like the Lord says that even though it looks like some people are running before you, and it looks like they're ahead of you, the Lord says it's going to be like they're standing still. You're going to run past them. And the Lord says that they're going to be playing catch up with you in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord God, for this guy right here in the name of Jesus, amen. Lord, I thank you. What's your name? (laughs) Anthony. Lord, I thank you for Anthony. And I feel like the Lord says that you like run to the beat of your own drummer. And I feel like it's a good thing. The Lord doesn't mean that as a negative thing. He just means that as a great thing. That like you kind of go against the grain. Everybody else is just going one way, but you're going the other way. It's not out of rebellion. It's just that you see a different way. And you're not just doing things to go along and to get along. And I feel like the Lord says, I'm going to send you into places that other people would not be able to go. Because there's a strength and there's a warrior that is inside of you. And that you will not back down and that you are not afraid. And I feel like there's a whole bunch of people that are in places that the religious people would not go. That you're going to go into and you're going to drag them out in the name of Jesus. You're going to drag people out because there's something in you that really cares deeply for people that are stuck in places. And and there's a compassion that is in you. And you are going to pull them out in Jesus' name. Mighty God. Mighty God. I feel like there's something in terms of also in terms of relationship that did not work out the way that you wanted it to. And I feel like it was kind of hurtful, but I feel like the Lord says, the Lord says that I have something better. 
The Lord says, take your hands off of all of that. Let that go and watch what it is that I will do. I'm going to bring something way better, something way more fulfilling in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I hope that makes some sense to you, my friend. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we give you praise. We give you praise. We give you glory. There's none like it. I'm just going to... I'm just going to uh, go ahead and uh, give it back to Pastor so he can officially figure out how to close. Amen. How many feel like God is here? Yeah. And God is speaking. Amen. Yeah. Um, and and um, But I, I'm here, and I will still minister to people, but I already know that sometimes I'm going longer um, than, than what the norm is and, and things, and so I'm not trying to do that, but I want you to know that God speaks. Amen. And I'm trying to model that God does speak, and so even if I got one right... <laughs> Amen. I pray. I praise well, God. I I pray that I did. Amen. Just just for to make you feel better. <laughs> That's you what it's all about. you read my you read my mail, including the fine print. So that was that was amazing. Really, really good. I I've been thinking all throughout the message, what would be an application that we could do fairly quickly to end with, and I think it's this. And uh, Dennis made reference to it. We we see someone moving in a lot of authority, a lot of power, which you're doing. And we separate ourselves from that. We say, that's fine for him. He's got God. I, I don't. And, and we create this barrier. And it's a great chasm from where I am to where you're operating. But there is a secret that makes it all work. There's a little one little key concept that will move you from there to there. And it's risk. It's simply risk. And if you will gamble on hearing the Lord, a a thought comes to you and it doesn't come with a great power. It doesn't come with special effects. It's just kind of there. If you'll risk and act on it, you're training yourself for two things, to listen and to take risks. And if you'll do that, the Lord will continue more and more and more to guide you that way. And you will see amazing things happen through your life. We were all intended to move in the supernatural. We're all intended to hear the voice of God. Risk is the key to learning how to do that. So I think what the Lord would have us do now, and this is not manipulation in any way, if you are ready to take some risks, stand up. If you're not, it's okay. You're just not there yet. You understand? This isn't a judgment. This is an opportunity. If you're ready to embrace some risks in hearing and obeying, please stand up now and we will pray for you and ask the Lord to facilitate that in your life. Dennis, would you please please pray? I'm going to pray first. <laughs> and, and, and then we can do this together because I think you have tremendous authority for this. All right. Close your eyes and just just say in your own words, Lord, I'm ready to risk. Father, I'm ready to take some risks. But I need you to guide me. I I need some input. I need some help here, Lord. I just don't want to go out and do crazy things for the sake of doing crazy things. I want at least a hint or a rumor that I'm hearing you. I want you to drop something into my heart or into my mind that I can take a risk on, but I'm willing to do it. Now ask him for that. Dennis, why don't you pray the authority and power on us? Lord, I pray right now, Lord God, that there would be a connection with you directly, Lord God, that would give each and every single person in here confidence yes, Lord. and courage 
that it's you that they are connecting with. And the ability to be able to trust what it is that you're saying. And Lord God, when they step into that place of risk and even that place of trust, Lord, that the authority that is you would begin to manifest, Lord God, and that people would see the authority of your kingdom manifesting through your people. Not because somehow they've trusted in themselves, but because they trusted in you. And Lord God, that they would give it to you that they would give it to you, Lord God, as being the one that is supposed to be the source. That it's not their problem to try to figure out how to make it work, but they put it back on you. Authority, authenticness, and genuineness manifest through your people. Just lift your hands one more, one more time. I pray, uh, Lord, for every hand that's lifted and everyone that's standing and even those that cannot stand. Lord, <laughs> Mary's doing a dance over there. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> but Lord, <laughs> Lord, we pray for an impartation, an activation of all that is inside of them that we talked about this morning. Lord God, that would just begin to move through them. Activate. Yes. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you all the praise and we give you all the glory. Amen. Uh-huh. Right there. Amen. In the name of Jesus. So if you come here today with any particular need you need prayer for, if the t- prayer teams could come forward now, we invite you to come and get prayer. So if you need prayer for absolutely anything, come on forward and one of these, one of these great prayer warriors will pray for you. Thank <laughs> you.